By the end of this podcast, you're going to find out what we think should happen in respect of City and United squad building and how we think they should go about their business this summer. Welcome to the Knobcast, a podcast giving City and United fans their weekly fix of football analysis and debate with a focus on banter rather than bias. We're going to be covering three key topics today in addition to answering viewer questions. Man United squad building. Realistically, who's leaving? Ideal and realistic signings. Gasky's going to be talking through those. And for Man City, of course, I'm going to be talking about the squad building. Again, realistic ins and outs based on transfer rumours and what we think may and should happen. And then finally, we are going to be touching on realistically, can United challenge City? Can anyone challenge City? Who will be in a title race next season if it is indeed going to be a race? But Gasky, how are you doing, mate? Yes, not bad. Not bad. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. The season is obviously over. This, this is our first post-season podcast. And so the first one where we are focusing more on uh, the transfer window and, and, and the summer window. And um, what are your thoughts on the summer window in general, Gasky? Because I know a lot of people get really excited by it. A lot of people get overwhelmed by it and bored quite quickly. Are you an advocate or a, a naysayer? I, I, keep, I keep an eye on it. I like to keep an eye on all the big leagues, but also, I get bored of being a United fan. It's very difficult because they're linked to everyone, and you just you just throw words in there like they're interested. Oh, it's concrete, concrete interest. interest, concrete interest, and it's like it means nothing. It's, it's obviously just some guy at United on the phone, just on hold, waiting. <laughs> it's just it is funny all, all the descriptions, isn't it? It's like they're flirting only, with them. What I don't understand is why it's only United that it seems to get that. So it's like, is it because of just how big they are, or is it genuinely? I this. You just don't know how to do this transfer stuff. They're just ringing up going, oh, keep us, keep us on the loop about that. <laughs> just seem useless. I don't know. Well, let's see if we can cut through all of that uh, transfer nonsense because with it being United as well, they're linked with every single player, but we can probably figure out where the actual players are yeah, and, yeah, and where they aren't. But before, I mean, before we even talk about incoming Gasket, I sort of like want you to give me like a breakdown, sort of like a play by play, a player by players, position by position, sort of mm-hmm. your thought process analysis. What do you think needs to be changed? Uh, yeah. In, in respect of like you know the outgoings, let's not even talk about incomings first. Where are the weaknesses uh, in that United squad? What are the key positions that need strengthening in order for United to go from you know third to maybe challenging for the title, as an yeah. example? Yeah, so I would say the main ones are is the getting that depth because there's certain positions that you feel, like especially like a striker, like they do need it for the lineup, but also you've got no one to come off the bench that's needed that they've had in the past. Uh, even like wingers is probably the only place that I would say they've got that depth. Everywhere else they're a bit screwed. Like Ericsson last season had to play, you know, more minutes than he should have to. Ericsson should be the one coming off the bench, not starting. I would say, and they just don't have the players there. You've got players like. Fred and McTominay are both on the bench. You play a similar role. They're neither a 10 or a 6. And the 8, they're not good enough at the game to play 8. So that's where it seems to lack. But these players that could, you know, for example, if you replace Ericsson, get him on the bench, I think that's fine because he'd be perfect to come off the bench and play, you know, play against certain other teams. But I would say, I would say they need more, they need another centre half because I think Maguire just needs to go. Because I mean, if you're, if you're captain of one of the biggest clubs in the world and you're fourth choice centre back, you should leave. Simple as that. Um, fifth choice. Strike. Oh, fifth choice. Oh, yeah, Shaw plays over him. Fifth choice. Um, striker, definitely. Definitely a striker. And I'd probably say and a midfielder. They're the definites. The spine, the spine is what they need. 
quite surprised you haven't named one key position. I thought you were going oh, to start no, with. Oh, the keeper as well. Yeah, but we were talking about, the, the, yeah, yeah, the keeper as well, obviously, because uh, 11, I think we're down to 11 days now left on his contract. What, this is just, this rounds up United altogether. Like, you, you're your first choice, your only goalkeeper, theoretically, because Tom Eaton's not going to start for Man United. You've got one goalkeeper, you've got the Henderson, you don't know what's going to happen with him. He's injured at the moment. And you've got a, your first choice goalkeeper's got 11 days left on his contract. And there's still no idea of where what's going to happen with him. That's such poor planning. You know, and I know this is obviously this is talking about the men's game, but even the women's game, the two best players are now left on freeze. Hmm. So, and that they spent forever negotiating contracts with them. So it's just like the whole club just, when it comes to just management, it's horrendous. And that's yeah. just, that's just more evidence of it. The fact that you sat there with your first choice goalkeeper on 11 days left on his contract. Yeah. But I just don't know what's going to happen. So it is a shambles indeed. Mm-hmm. So players who are leaving. Or, or you think should leave or, or indeed will leave. Yeah. De Gea? Yep. Harry Maguire? Yep. Um, any other defenders that are going to get um, shipped out? I would say Baye will get shipped He's out. He's still at United. He was on loan. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot he existed. Yep. Um, then, see, right back's a tricky one. Because right back would depend on... Well, Delo's just signed a new contract, so he's not going anywhere. Yeah. And it would depend on whether Wan-Bissaka's done enough and, you, and Ten Hag wants to keep him or I, not. I'd err on the side of he probably I, is going to stay. No, he's probably going to stay, yes. I, I would rather him leave, and that's nothing against him. That's more of just... I want to see the back of a lot of players that have just been thrown about. Yeah. I'd, I, I want to see a fresh start, personally. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be lovely, well, but we ha- do have to be a little bit realistic here. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've got to be realistic. He's probably staying. Yeah. So um, left backs, they're, they're staying. Left backs, absolutely fine. Um, so, how about, so let's move on to the midfield. We, we've we've ditched three players so far. How about the midfield? So midfield, I would say. Ooh, well, trying, I've got to try and remember the squad now. Who else is there? Um, so if he's going to bring one in, I would ex- you would expect a, a, a Fred Armstrong to go. Most likely Fred, I would say. Okay. If one was going to go. Um, where else is there? I'm trying to think who else is there. I'm probably going to miss players there because I'm trying to think off the top of my head uh, who else there is. Um, probably probably no one else to, to leave. We can move on yeah, to the, wide, the wide players yeah. or any strikers. Wide, wide players, I would probably say there's going to be loans. Like, they, they've got so many. that I think I'm going to probably go on loan again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then otherwise they've got, what, they've got four wingers then. Yeah. We think solid. Yeah, and then striker Martial. Just get rid of him. Well, I think he's gone, hasn't he? Hasn't that been confirmed? Martial, no. Arthur was confirmed he's been released. No, no, no. Oh. Well, Martial, Martial, no. I thought so. Maybe, maybe, maybe I've misread that somewhere. I thought I saw that he was included in the release list for United. I don't know. Um, maybe that's something that we can check. But but anyway, yeah. so, so that's five players. So that's, that's, one, that's one goalkeeper, two centre-halves. Uh, a, a central midfielder and a striker they've said have to go so that that would be a significant number of wages yeah off yeah. the uh off the wage bill that's for sure so and i think those are would you say those are realistic i, I just don't know for example who's going to sign harry harry Maguire? the only i think the main links with spurs mm. so it's but it depends though because uh are united gonna be idiotic and expect a large sum or they're just gonna just be like look 30 million have him no, for you sure. Know, that's what I think it should be, but God knows. 
So those are, as I say, four or five uh, outgoings. Now, how about incomings, Gasky? And it's not as simple yeah. as we as we might want it to be for, from a United perspective yeah. due to the FFP situation. Yes. So incomings, I would like, obviously, to fill them. I will, in terms of the lineup, the 11, I want to see a keeper, a striker, and an eight. The, the spine are the main ones I want to see at li- minimum. to mm-hmm. minimum. So three key signings. Yeah. So... They're the three. So uh, keeper wise, I'm happy. I'd be happy with either Onana from Inter because he's good with his feet, or Diogo Costa from Porto. Either or, and I think Onana will come in cheaper, so you're more looking likely him. Mm-hmm. Um, midfield is probably looking like Mount, most likely yeah. if anyone. Which yes is a weird one, but is what it is. And then striker, it might be that Hoyland guy from Atlanta. Because the Kane thing seems to have just dropped back a bit because obviously of how much he costs. And it's, it's a ridiculous sum for one year left on your contract. But Kane's brought this on himself by signing new contracts. So now yeah, that's, that's me for being realistic. I, I was going to say, yeah, you, 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 don't, you don't seem to be filled with like a great amount of gusto by, you know, when you said like Mason Mount and, and Hoyland. Because, so, because, the, the, because the United have just been in this mess for so long that... You can't, you know, you, you can't go and spend a hundred million and go and pull some random world class star because they've got so much to fix. There's no point. There's no point in going. Okay, okay, uh, Levy, you can have a hundred million for Harry Kane, right? We've got to go and buy some peanuts guy from the second division of Holland for a goalkeeper. No, so they need to. They need to be smart with it and yeah. go and get Highland up front, who's 23 years old or whatever old he is, right? Who could potentially, it's going to cost you, what, 50 million, 60 million, and he could be there for 10 years. He's a United fan as well, so you know he's going to put that effort in, you know? Um, Mason Mount will run his legs off, right? He's not, he's not amazing, but again, you're going to have to take the hit of get someone in who's not amazing just to fill in the gap, yeah. essentially. Uh, well, I will come to Mason Mount in a second, because that's uh, an interesting point you raised, but Will... It are, uh, on the Patreon asks us a question on this, asking, should United sign a striker this summer? And his thought is, no, unless it's short term, like a loan, like, you know, like a Veghorst equivalent, or shall they just wait for Kane and get him on a free next season? What are your thoughts on that, Gasky? Well, they need to get someone. What are you going to have otherwise? You're going to have no one because Martial is most, Martial's not reliable. So if he, and if he goes... You've got no one up front. I, I guess a short-term situation. And I, and, I and I don't want to see Mason Goodwin in a United shirt, so. No. I, I think Will's saying that maybe you could, I mean, not, not a veg horse, but you know how veg horse came yeah. in on no, a loan. Yeah. What stop gap can you get? The, if we're talking being realistic, there's no one. There's literally no strike on the market that you could go, let's get a loan for 12 months. Mm. Or, or you're going to get another veg horse. Kai you know, Havertz. <laughs> mm. What, more than Mason Mount? <laughs> <laughs> no, so... It's it's one of those where like you you know unless unless you can somehow get um, Spurs to be just be fair with it. I mean they, they have no right. They don't need to be fair. They've got the best. They've got arguably the best striker in the world. They don't need to be fair. Mm. But and they're selling, they're selling to a rival. So they're not going to be fair, are they? So is is there or, not a worry then that if you sign this uh, Ho- Hoyland, um, he's obviously the idea being he's going to be a long term solution that means you're going to miss out on harry kane long term doesn't well, it well, this, this is united's problem this is the exact situation they're in at the moment and this is where they what chelsea are doing now is what united should have done seven years ago 
is bring in future players, and they haven't. They've they've got they've got managers in. They throw money at like world class players that that manager wants. They flopped. The manager's been sacked. They're stuck with them players. Hmm. It's been so. I'm. I'd rather see them go and sign 23, 24 year olds, yeah. I, and just have a, and just have a team that potentially for the next five years. You've got not not you bring in like going through. They've been through strikers like anything, and they can, and United can't even sell players anyway. Do you know who United? So, so, do you know who's the fourth? Fourth most like fourth pro, like profitable player they've they have had David Beckham ever David Beckham two thousand and three two thousand and three that's fourth yeah, you're not good at selling are you it's been it's been twenty years the last player was fucking Dan James so like <laughs> the, the horrendous at it yeah whereas whereas Chelsea can bin Mason Mount onto the bench for a season and still gonna try and get fifty million for him and probably yeah. gonna get fifty million and, for and, him. I'm glad glad you raised him like that's that's a really nice uh, t- a tangent that I want to go back to because you rightly said you've got to pick pick your battles in this transfer window because of the money that they can allegedly spend yeah. whatever i don't know how much it is exactly it's been quoted around 150 million on the current ffp yeah. situation so with that in mind is it an astute business decision to splash over 50 million pounds on mason mount who is fine but a midfield three of casemiro mount and fernandez just wouldn't fill me with any fear yeah, that's what I mean. But the, They're surely better the, options. This is the problem the United created. Yeah, I would. I put. I've always been more of a buy buy cheaper and take risks than go and oh, like go and pay. 50, you know, you're paying sixty million for Mason Mount, let's say, right? And twenty four years old. Okay, he's done it in the Prem. Cool. I'd rather go and pay twenty million from someone abroad and risk it. Mm. Personally, and- they'll you know they put more effort in. And, I would think so. And, and on Hoyland, I've I've not seen that many games of him. I've seen I've seen a few yeah, games of him in Serie A, but uh, but when when I have watched him, um, I mean he's always he's sadly for him he's always going to be compared to Hoyland just because of his name. <laughs> um, oh yeah. But uh, yeah, whenever I've like briefly watched him at at Antalanta, not normally destroying my beloved uh, Sampdoria, he seems to be very direct, uh, very and it was no views term, but I think it's quite apt raw. Um, promising, but th- there's clearly a, g- a good potential player in there. But as I say, he does need to be, he just needs a lot of coaching because his decision making yeah. isn't quite there. His technique isn't quite there, but there could be a really good player. But exactly, there. exactly. And these, but with the position United are in, these are the risks you're going to have to take because there is, you've left yourself so far behind. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to take these risks now. Somehow they have, you know, they finish in the top four this season with, you know that that squad still really so they need to back you properly and you need to be smart with it yeah and don't and don't mess about for too long don't don't get to when you're about to go on tour and you've signed no one because you're dicking about on France with these just just sort it you know if that's what tonight wants just give it him obviously pending French fair play and depending on the ownership situation that's the problem is the ownership situation we don't know what's happening with that yet so we don't know what is in terms of budget and things yeah. like that so yeah that's also an issue yeah, for sure. Um, but either way, look, if 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 United can get rid of De Gea or make him back up and then bring in an actual ball-playing keeper, that could be United's best bit of business, I think. Exactly. A ball-playing keeper that will allow them to basically start their like, progression and attacks from the halfway line rather than either hoping that they can win a header or giving it away mm-hmm. would be 10 times better. So if they could just... I just think if they can sort the spine out It'll just give you a good place to start. It's a good start yeah. to move on from. 
hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's that sort of uh, adds uh, and answers Ed's question, who again asked a question on Patreon. He says, uh, "Who would you ideally want as a marquee signing that's realistic?" I think you've answered the question there as um, Costa or Onana, and then what position your squad is the weakest. And again, would would you say that's based on what United want to do? What would you say that is? I would say the goalkeeper and striker. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I'll answer that on City shortly. But yes, that is United squad building. So. That's, I think that's, you know, pretty realistic. So in terms of like the, the main players we've just spoken about then, De Gea's going on a freeze, no transfers, but big wages off the books. Massive wages, yeah. Um, maybe, I don't know, I, I don't know if we confirm what, how, what's happening with Martial, but if if you can sell him at a bit of a fee, yeah, yeah, his wages off. 15 to 20 for him, off the wages as well. Yeah, off the think. wages. And yeah. then uh, maybe... You know, uh, Fred. Well, apparently, Bayer they want two million for. And that just again shows you how much they just don't know how to transfer players. Yeah, two million, exactly. Yeah. So, 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 so we're getting rid of De Gea, Martial, someone in the midfield. Let's say Fred, yeah. and then we're play, we're upgrading that with Onana, Mount, Hoyland. So, uh, I later in the podcast, Gasky, I want to ask you whether you think that's going to be enough to improve United to the point where they can challenge City for the title yeah. or challenge whoever. But let's not talk about that now because I want to talk about my club, Gasky. Manchester City um, and their squad building. Uh, and you can tell me what you think about uh, City's weaknesses, etc. I'll tell you though, when it comes to City, I would not think, based on obviously all the rumours and stuff going on, I wouldn't think it'd be a lot changing, but it could need it. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Well, look, look it, this has been a very odd, odd season. I think sort of like the midway point of the season, there's a lot of talk and rumours how, you know, this coming transfer window is going to be a massive overhaul, like f- five, six players leaving. And then sort of like the final third of the season, it seemed to be a harmonious squad. And obviously they won the treble. And, and you're thinking, great, just keep this group of players together. Just add one or two, maybe. And then... It's done. But then like days after we win the treble and we get all, all these rumours from, you know, credible sources and like the names that have been like seriously uh, stated in terms of who they could leave. It's, you know, Kyle Walker, who could go to Bayern Munich. Laporte, who's not played that much this season due to the system change and, he, and he's, good, he's good enough to start at a top club. Um, there is also... Or Bernardo uh, Silva. Bernardo, well. yep, yeah, in midfield and on the right wing position. Yeah, Bernardo Silva, who again has wanted to leave for a while. And well. could this finally be his year? Gundogan, our captain, he's out of contract. Yeah. So he's still got to make the decision. Um, and Mares and, well, and, and as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, and our other option at right wing, who might, yeah. who might go to, again, he's, these are players who, for the most part, are either in their late 20s or majority in their early 30s. So... It could be a transfer window, actually, which is like the seventeen eighteen window where we, you know, we signed uh, Mendy and we signed Walker and we signed all these uh, uh, other players, like like sort of like four or four or five proper first teamers to to come into the team. So it could be a, a similar vibe there. So um, it's all up in the air. We don't know what's going to happen. Like this morning, for example, Kyle Walker allegedly. He's open to staying with City rather than going by. Yeah, he's open to a new contract, wasn't he? As well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's it's pretty difficult. And also, Cancelo, one assume, is going to leave. So it's a, it's a pretty be weird, be, weird, be weird if he stayed. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, he, got, he got, literally got booed when he came on, which I thought was wrong. Oh, yeah. So, but, right. I mean, it's it's a. I think both parties did the right thing in that situation. It wasn't one of those weird ones where you know he's had a strop, and he's let him go. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I, I agree. So the way I see it is City needs uh, uh, a left-footed centre half, especially if Laporte's leaving. Even if he's not, I still think I think I still think we need the player who I'm going to talk about. We need uh, it, it, if Kyle Walker leaves, we we might need another option there. I don't think he would be a right back. I think Pep might just go all in and have sign another centre back. I don't know who. Uh, we need. If Gundogan leaves and Bernardo Silva leaves, we need at least two central midfielders there. And if Mares leaves, and as I say, Bernardo Silva for that right wing spot, we will need a, at least one right winger as well. And also, I think we need a backup left winger because if if Grealish is out, then we don't really have that many more options there naturally. So mm. it could actually be a really big uh, uh, window uh, for City potentially. So I, I'm going to give you my thoughts, Gasky. On, on who 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 I'd like to see Let's brought in. Also, I think it's realistic because you know, unlike your club, who are like you know living off uh, coffers right now and like uh, begging in the streets for you know you know a- any amount of money to come in. City, I would say money. I'd say players. Yeah, <laughs> just anything. Um, City have you know got a lot of money to spend this window. I, I think at least three hundred million just from prize money, for example. Mm. So. Sp- especially if players go out, it's going to generate a lot of money in transfer fees. Basically, anyone is realistic for City, I think, from a financial Mm. perspective. So, first sign in Gasky, and this is the name that we've been linked to for like a year, and someone who's repeatedly talked about is Vardiel, the left-footed centre-half who plays for Leipzig, obviously was really good at the World Cup, apart from the one time where Messi destroyed him, but Messi is Messi, to be fair. Um... And for me, that would even though Ake's been unbelievable this season, don't know what your thoughts are on that, Gasky, but for yeah, me, that's no, that's he that's an immediate improvement in that area. Yeah. You agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he can play across the back as well. It's not necessarily it's basically just what Ake does, but better. And that's where you've got to be, isn't it, to be the best. You've got to keep improving. Yeah. Also adds depth in that position. Also, he's a centre back, so he can play in the other centre back positions. He's left footed, which is rare. In possession, he plays a, for Leipzig, they play a back three. He's more comfortable in the wide areas than Laporte. So a huge upgrade there. And allegedly, City are have already agreed personal terms with him. It's all about a transfer fee, but he could and probably will do, be. Is the, it do they want like 90 million for him or something? Well, exactly. He's probably going to become the out. most expensive defender. Yeah. But he's, yeah. he signed a contract extension last season. I, it's a very similar situation isn't it, to, to the Caicedo at Brighton you know outside of contract so you get a good fee for me yeah type thing. So, it, it, see, that seems to, be a common, it seems to be a common thing now yeah maybe there's like a gentleman's agreement of yeah. look I'll sign this extension I'll have more wages short term and but you'll get more money for my transfer fee if, I'm, I'm assuming that's what mm-hmm. it is that's all I can really yeah. think of so Vardiol for me is coming and that's a, that's a big upgrade and he's a centre back we, we play with four centre backs nowadays so he can play left back, centre yeah. back, whatever. Um, the midfield situation is really interesting, uh, Gasky, because yeah. a, a name I had no, I had no inclination to be linked with, Declan Rice. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one because I think a lot of people see him as just a pure six. He's a, over Rodri, which will never happen. Mm, quite. But, but I, I, he's, I think he's good enough to play eight. I think he's good enough to do the Gundogan role. He's he's good on the ball, very good on the ball, and he's got he got a shot on him. I think I think he'd fit in perfectly over if Gundogan was to leave. Yeah, because obviously the other club he's been linked with is Arsenal, 
Now, See, Arsenal would be different because the party's meant to be leaving, so it would be six for Arsenal. Exactly. That's weird. City would use him in a more advanced role, whereas Arsenal would use him more of a sitting role. So it's, it's a bit yeah. of a strange role. And that's why it's so, yeah, as you say, that's why it's so interesting. Um, yeah. In my head, from an England perspective, we don't have any defensive midfielders, really. Calvin Phillips yeah. is the, the alternative to Declan Rice. So from an England perspective, I really want Rice to go to a club where he's going to be played as a six and develop his passing game, which would happen yeah, under yeah. Arsenal and Arteta. Yeah. But as you say, he Declan Rice would not be signed for like, what, like a hundred million pounds or whatever the price is being quoted. He's not going to come as a 100 million pound player to be understudy to Rodri because Rodri is... No. Rodri is Rodri. You're not... You're not getting rid of him and you're not spending 100 yeah. million on, on a backup defensive midfielder who's never going to play. So I agree with you. He would have to come in to play that more progressive role, which he can do because I would describe him as a you know ball playing progressive six more than anything yeah. else. So and I'm sure Pep would be able to coach, you know, all, all the finer aspects of that game into him. So really interesting. Don't quite know if it's the best option i'm sure there's cheaper alternatives out there that you could play in that position but if gundwan's leaving we do need someone of that ilk to uh come in and hey i'd yeah. be all up for declan rice coming because i do he's a good player but it would just be a bit odd um another croatian signing actually who city are allegedly confirmed already is kovacic uh, from chelsea that'd be relatively cheap like 30 to 40 million or something but again he'd just yeah. be a rotational depth player yeah yeah because doesn't doesn't Bernardo usually sometimes play in the middle as well? Exactly. So exactly. It, it is the depth is needed, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And Kovacic is a good player. He's not. He's not bad. Not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure Pep can get some more get some more juice out of him uh, as well. So that's fine. Yes. And then now, at the end of the season, Foden played much more centrally. But when we won the title, he played centrally against Chelsea, against Brighton, Brentford. And in the Champions League final, Gasky, where did he play? He came on and played central. Yeah, centrally, where where De Bruyne was playing, like sort of yeah, at, yeah. At, at the tip, right behind the strikers. So my hope is that Foden is next season is going to be given way more time in the centre to, especially with De Bruyne potentially being injured for however long at the start of the season. Yeah, next season, I, I think Pep's decided that. We all we all know that's his long term best position anyway. I think he's now decided. Right, I'm going to give you the test. These three games and the Champions League final. Like he wouldn't he wouldn't bring him on the Champions League final unless he thought that was his best position. No, surely, no, exactly. well, who would who would have come on over him though? Uh, in that situation, that De Bruyne's getting injured. Well, you, well, you could have moved Bernardo to the middle oh, yeah, and then Mares to the right. Yeah, oh, you could. Yeah. So he he clearly thought he could do it, and he nearly scored two great goals. He can, I don't know. so he can clearly do it. So in that situation, then, if he's good enough, would you see De Bruyne maybe sitting in that eight? Well, I, I think it would alternate between Kevin and Foden yeah. because, in my mind, Foden is the Kevin De Bruyne replacement in the in the in a few years in long yeah. term. Yeah, yeah, and that might need to be accelerated because I don't I don't know the exact extent of De Bruyne's injury, but he snapped his whole but hamstring he's, off. He's, I mean, it's all he's getting a lot, doesn't he? He seemed quite positive that I've seen on clips and things. Yeah. So, but again. He's, the older you get, the longer it takes your body to repair, and it'll probably get more and more injuries. So exactly, yeah. yeah. I think Kevin's what thirty-one nowadays, maybe yeah. thirty-two. Uh, so it's not not saying he's going to be benched by Foden at all. Obviously, De Bruyne will still be the main man, but I think that this will be a season where we see much more of Foden in the middle. Yeah. So uh, yes, yeah, so Kovacic and another central midfielder, whether it's Rice, whether it's whoever, we need another one. 
Um, left wing, um, Grealish is obviously the starter. I think we need more depth there, especially because Foden was the alternative there. But if Foden's yeah. going to be more central, we need another left wing option. Um, I like Matoma Gasky, you know, of Brighton. Yeah, he's not bad. He's, he's again, he's he'll be another one that needs a lot of coaching. Yeah, so well, he's he's very very raw, he's, isn't he? But there's a player, there's a player in there. Yeah, and it doesn't need to be fantastic. It just needs to be a backup player. That's exactly, all. Exactly. Yeah, with potential. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, striker is, you know, we, we obviously don't need a replacement. For... You've got you've you've arguably got the two best strikers in the Premier League, yeah. bar Kane. So <laughs> exactly. But so then the right wing position for me is the biggest. I don't know what's going on at City and. Just going back to Ed's question, he says, "What position in your squad is the weakest?" Now, it's not the weakest currently, but it, it will be. Go from, it can go from being one of the strongest to the weakest. Exactly. In the space of the week. Yeah. yeah. If, if Bernardo Silva and Mares both go, and they're both you know, mooted as potentially going, we will have literally no out and out right right wing player. Literally, because because Cole, yeah. Cole Palmer, who's a, who's a youth player, he's that's his best position. But there's been lots of talk about him being loaned out, so he's clearly not ready obviously otherwise yeah. we wouldn't be loaning him out so for me gasky the right wing is the main area that city have got to focus on and i struggle with who that might be i don't know if you've got you've got any ideas because yeah, it's a rare it's a rare position because you've got to be left-footed to do, to do what we want to do with city um, yeah so already yeah. you're eliminating 80 percent of cut footballers in, cut, cut in yeah exactly well, it's, not, it's not it's not much a Think of something. There's not much there that you would. That's realistic. Not just plucking, you know, a name out of thin air. Exactly. The, but it's the, yeah. The dream would be Saka. Obviously, that is never Saka, happening. No, Saka would be perfect. But yeah, he's about to sign a new contract. He's well, he just signed a new contract, so that's not going to happen. Exactly. It's never, he's that, never going to leave yeah, Arsenal. That type. That type of player. Exactly. And we, we we did this on stream. Actually, we were talking about you know who, who could play there. Um, Crystal Palace's uh, Olise has been. He's yeah. Quoted. But see, Elise for me is one that will soon find his peak. I don't think he's got that extra bit yeah. to play for a big club, but never know. Yeah. If he, if he, but I think, I think he deserves the move. I think here, even him and even Eze at Palace as well, they deserve that move at some point. Yeah. I think he maybe could become something, but it's far yeah. too soon for him. Surely. No, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Too soon. So then, so I was just like thinking, cause again, Pep doesn't want, because the names you, you, might, you might say, you know, like these really like quick, pacey, wide players or whatever that are direct and full of running. But Pep doesn't really want those sorts of players anymore. He wants someone in the mold of Mares, Bernardo Silva, Jack Grealish, a, a wide yeah. player who's going to control the ball. A pass and move type player exactly. rather than a pacey on you. Yeah, exactly. Rather than some, you know, like a Rashford equivalent who, or a Salah who is just going to yeah. run at you, that, that sort yeah. of thing. So um, this is why I, I really struggled with it. And my conclusion was... If Mares and Bernardo leave, outside of Usman Dembele, who is both footed, but is horribly injury prone and probably won't leave Barca anyway, um, the only sort of alternative I could think of was, and what I think will sadly happen, is I think Foden's going to be playing there majority of next season. It, yeah, I mean, if you look at across the board, players that let's say players that are there now, he's the only one who would even be able to play there. Yeah, because that is on paper his second best position. That was his. Yeah. That was his position when he's played there for you know like England under 17s or whatever. He's played yeah. there for City. He's of. Ideally, what you need is either a, a, someone like Grealish but left-footed, or you need a central midfielder 
who is left-footed and can play on the wings. That's what Bernardo Silva was. Yeah. That's what Foden is. But then that doesn't really help me with what I want Foden to be, which is more of a central player. Yeah. So I don't actually know what's going to happen in respect of the squad building. We haven't been linked heavily to any wide players. I'm sure City got their eyes on people. But yeah, it's because it's all relying on ifs and buts. It's all if they do leave, you know, these players. So if Bernardo stays, problem over. Exactly. Exactly. Or if Mara stayed, you know, type thing. So, but yeah, it, it could become a problem. Yeah. So, so there, so, so absolutely, Vardio must come in. Um, some, uh, even if Gundogan Bernardo stay, I still, I still think we should sign Kovacic because we still need that depth. Uh, so that's at least two, even, even assuming best case scenario, Gundogan and Bernardo extend. And then we need, uh, one, maybe two options out wide. So left wing and right wing, because even if yeah. they aren't leaving, these are still players in their late twenties, early thirties. We do need to be yeah. thinking about the future. So is that realistic, Gasky? Like, like four, maybe yeah, five say good signings? Yes, I'd say the defender and the midfielder and then a winger each, probably fair. I think oh, right now, left wing, definitely. Um, in the future, right wing is needed, but that'll also depend on, you know, departures. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then just going back to Ed's question, who says, who would you ideally want to marquee signing? That's realistic. What position is the weakest? Yeah, I, I, I've already answered this, haven't I? The weakest could yeah, be right wing. And in the marquee signing, uh, I guess Vardio, because he would be the most expensive defender yeah, yeah. in the world uh, at that point. Uh, so, yes, so that is United and City squad building. Uh, I think that was reasonably realistic, Asky. Do you concur? Yeah, so we didn't go, you know, we didn't go, Mbappe, please, or anything stupid. So, yeah, I would say, I would say that's realistic. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just just a, a side note, uh, Mbappe is proving me right once again that this man has got a baby boy mentality. Um, it's like, it's like what, there's obviously something that's triggered in his brain that's telling him not to do something. Like, you're one year left on your contract. You know, PSG know they can get over 100. If, 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 if you PSG came out and said he's for sale for 120, people will try and figure out how they can Real Madrid it. would. Yeah, of course he would. So you know you can get the money for him, but why is he now? You know, why is he first of all sending a letter saying, "I don't want, I'm not going to sign a new contract," which is all he's done, and he's reiterating, "But I'm going to stay." It's like, but you, you've got one year left. They don't want you to go for free, <laughs> so yeah. now you want to stay. It just, oh, it just makes no sense. It's yeah, it's weird. He's either trying to just get more money for another contract, or he's he just wants to leave on a free next season. I'm not sure, but I'm sure yeah. PSG aren't going to let him leave. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's PSG wanting him to go so they get some money for him, whereas he's like, but I don't want to go. Yeah, and that's my issue. So, you should want yeah. to go. Exactly. You're playing in the French League. Exactly, yeah. I don't, I don't care if you're French. I think he's Parisian. I don't care if they're they home hometown club, whatever. If you've got ambition, I'm assuming, maybe I've got him wrong, but I'm assuming he's got the ambitions to be regarded as one of the best players but, ever. Well, that's the, that's the problem. You don't want to care like, if you're playing for PSG. Exactly. That's the problem, isn't it? Like, you look at... Over player, over the best players, the future players. But Haaland's clearly the one at the front. Yeah, and and who's behind? And Mbappe's behind him, and up there with him. He's going to start drifting away, and no one's no one's even close to going catch him with Haaland, really. So yeah. he needs to move to keep that pace up. Yeah, he does. So he need he just just go to Real Madrid. It's so easy. Yeah. They need a striker. They've just got rid of Benzema. They love you. You well, love they've them. Got, they've got a striker now. We have got a striker now. Got Josuelu. 
The actual, I'm not even joking about the actual. <laughs> Did he used to play for Stoke? Yes, they signed him on loan. They signed him on loan. We watched him to buy for 1.5 million or something. That sounds like such a, you know, like when Bayern... He's 33. He's 33. That's such a cheap emoting signing. And he, and he also, he made, do you know, he made his Spain debut at, 20, at 33. What a man. Absolute. He's always believed kids. It's always belief there, mm. you see. 33 year olds making debuts internationally. But yes, Never give up. That, that was a sign. It was just a slander in Bappe. It's one of my favourite activities, uh, to be fair. Up there with, up there with the Trent slander. <laughs> yeah. And he deserves it though, a little fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gasky, he scored against Malta, so he's good at defending, right. right? Playing, playing what? Was he playing eight? Something <laughs> like that, yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, now next season, after all that squad building, so let's assume we've we've both agreed that's realistic. So let's assume City do the business that I've I've just stated, you know, like Vardiol, whoever, and United do all the business that you want. So they bring in Costa, they bring in Mounts, they bring in Hoyland. Realistically, Gasky, is that enough to challenge United for the title? If not, why? What else needs to happen? It's, I don't think it's enough because just of how far, this is just more of the distance City are. I think it will close the gap based on what we've seen in the last year. It will close the gap because I think it will, it will fix the issues that Ten Hag's had. It will close the gap, but I just think the gap's too large for that to be it. What's needed is more of an overhaul, but which which realistically can't happen with you know with FFP. So, but it will reduce that gap. And I think you know you've got Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, who are all going to want to compete. So it could even be a situation where there's this you know this brawl between all the teams where a city just pop out at the front. I think that's probably what's going to happen. It could be very close, top four wise, up to second place. But I think City would just be too far ahead because they just the only team that's got structure at the moment. And Arsenal are now with them, who've got a structure. Chelsea, you don't know what's going to happen. They could be could be tough again. You, you just don't know. Liverpool will come. Well, I think they will bounce back. But will they bounce back as heavy heavily as they used to be able to do, like a couple of years ago? Maybe, maybe not. And then other teams in rebuilds. So this is how far behind everyone is compared to City. I just don't think anyone can can actually get close to them. Hmm. So we'll we'll talk about the other clubs in a moment. Let's just stick with United yeah. uh, momentarily. So they're not ready to challenge next season which I agree they're a couple of years off I think they need they need stability United need stability they need to be able to this season bring in a striker bring in a goalkeeper you know get the players in Ten Hag wants to play his way get the team comfortably as a squad playing Ten Hag's way of football mm-hmm. then that's when you can go right let's get better players for, let's get better players now across the board all playing my way so we can make subs and stuff and off you go mm-hmm. so- and then I think then they'll have that chance yeah, so just on that, let's assume that, as you say, stability, whatever, and let's say that, you know, three years, maybe four years pass. So bear in mind that the player ages. And I want, and let's say, as I say, you've got those three signings in that we talked about before. Now, look at that United starting 11 in your head. Think about them three or four years older in their current state. Yes. That he's, he's got his eyes closed and everything, having a mm-hmm. proper thing. I'm thinking, I'm yeah. thinking. Now, Go through that squad and name me the players you think would be good enough to start in a Premier League 11, which would take City to the final, or whoever by that point, to like the final day of the season. How many of those players? Well, this is also going off future players as well, though. Well, well, no, well, it will, but this is a two-pronged question because the first question no. is, who is good enough? And then the second question is, well, these players aren't good enough, so 
who's going to be in. So let's start with who is currently good enough based on like you know three or four years in the future. Is this is this is this minus what we've just done? The transfers, or is if the transfers do happen? In addition to Costa, Mounts. Oh, right, okay. So Hoyland. I would say I would say Hoyland would be good enough. To, but you'd, you'd hope so. Um, Costa, yeah. So those signings. Yeah. Uh, I think Anthony will when he's got a full team of players playing his way. Um, Rashford will. Yeah. I think. Um, there'll be a, there'll, but if if you're thinking four years, there'll be a replacement for Casemiro somewhere. Okay. Martinez. So you're looking at you're looking at fifty percent of the team. Yeah. That he could potentially have. Bruno Fernandez. How old would he be then? 30, I think he'd be all yeah. right. Yeah, I think he'd be all right. Yeah, and so you're looking at you're looking at you're looking at five in four years time. Then you're looking at what three or four players. Luke Shaw. That you need to fill in. Luke Shaw. He'd be thirty as well. Potentially, he'd be, he'd be, his be okay. He'd be yeah, yeah. He'd be yeah, most likely. But you see, I think that shows that when you think of it that way, you're looking at it's more like I said at the start. It's more of the depth they need. Mm-hmm. You know, playing you could play a team like they had. What was that? They had a over Christmas they had that um, that really good unbeaten run but you can see it coming to an end because the players are dead there was no subs you can make because there is literally no subs if you're if you're need to attack and you're battering a team Ericsson can't play 90 minutes he's dead dead on his feet at 75 minutes gone oh okay let's bring Fred on no it doesn't mm. work like that so they're the issues you know so that's where the issues are but yeah. like you know I think I don't, in certain positions you don't know about like Delosia signing a new contract is he good enough I don't know because he's not had a clear, you know, proper chance. He's had a, you know, the odd game rather than a clear run in that position. Yeah. I think another centre back is, is definitely within four, four years. Right centre half. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, because Kim Min Jae was meant to happen, but clearly United are too busy dicking about with ownership that they're not going to get him. Yeah. Um, so, another centre back. There is another, that's a definite. And a, another holding midfielder. Yeah. It's going to be needed at some point. Uh, they're going to need, they're going to need, oh, then, then the depth, I would say. Okay. In terms of lineup, I would say in four years after what we've just done, I would say four, three players, probably three or three players. Yeah. In terms of lineup wise, but then the rest of it's the bench when you sign. Yeah. Well, depth tends to be easier to sort out than the starting eleven. So it's good they, the starting eleven goes to depth, doesn't it? Usually. Yeah. So, so, so for argument's sake, let's say that your depth yeah. is acceptable and reasonable and is fine. So in terms of the starting eleven, it sounds like we're actually pretty close. So, uh, it's, yeah, they are. It's just getting them all in sync yeah of course so in terms of the actual positions we've identified longer term like three or four years down the line right back which i agree with because I, I yeah. unless wambasaka like wambasaka wambasaka isn't good enough to i don't think he's, he's gonna very, make it he's very similar to your arguments with gabriella arsenal he's not good enough he's not bad he's just not the end product mm-hmm. that you need yeah and then Delorme will show up. Right back's an unsure situation because there was rumours that they were just in that Frimpong at uh, Leverkusen and he'd be, he'd be perfect for the way they want to play. So potentially there. Uh, send, yeah, uh, a right centre-back. Yeah. So uh, that's that right side of defence yeah, he's yeah. going to need. Exactly, yeah. A defensive midfielder because Casemiro yeah. will be like getting on by them. 34, 35. Yeah, yeah. He, he can go to the bench, you know, for like yeah. rotation. And then, so yeah. did, did you say Mason Mount would be good enough or, or No. Oh, I didn't mention, I didn't mention it, did I? Oh. Um, again, that's another one. It's like like with Delo. I don't know. It's a tough one to shout. Because Probably not. He, then he'd be twenty seven. He'd be, you know, he'd be his prime. But is he good enough? At the, is he good enough on? I, I think that his effort lies. His actual like, you know, his work rate and stuff's fine for an eight. He's perfect. It's just his ability on the ball to play eight. 
mm-hmm. doesn't have that kind of ability. Yeah. So potentially, he's a he does feel like a stopgap in a way. It, someone who can just play that role because no one else, who else could you get mm-hmm. type thing. Yeah. But well, he can be I good depth for that point. Needed. Oh no, exactly. He'd be perfect depth at that point. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so to be fair, actually, as I say, if we assume those three signings come in, only four of the starting 11 we've established probably aren't good enough. So that means over the course of three or four seasons, if you can bring in those three or four players, you know, an average of one fantastic player a season, yeah. assuming that, you know, and, and keep hold. Exactly. Bear in mind, you're not winning, you're not winning the title. No, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, there's a lot of Im- imagination going on oh, here. Yeah, but yeah, if we yeah. assume the likes of Ma- Martinez, no Fernandez, yeah, etc., yeah. all stay. That's not actually too unreasonable. It's not. I don't. I don't think they're in a in a too bad uh, the position. I've, my worry is that right now you can go and sign these players. They still need to sign players for the lineup. That's my concern. You know, it's it's and then but then players that you're replacing aren't good enough for the bench. Like the striker position, they'll have zero. They'll have no players there. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to throw money at getting someone in anyway to start. But then you're going to have to do someone on the bench. You've still got no bench player there. Which means then you're still going to have to mess about Rashford and mess about his position. Whereas I, because I think Rashford's a left winger, I don't think he's a striker at all. I agree. Whereas he's going to have to go and play nine at some point because the striker's not going to play every minute. Mm-hmm. So you end up in these situations still, and then these players playing all over the place. Yeah, but like like wings are fine. Like Ganacho's could be an amazing player in the future, mm-hmm. and you know, and that's sub players again. And you know, if Sancho stays, for example, so that their positions are fine. It's just, it's just. Getting, you know, like Fred. Fred was a signing Mourinho didn't even want it anyway. Yeah. So why would he be a signing that ten ones? And he's still sat there. So it's my, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work's needed. My theory on Fred is that City were in for him at one point. Um, we sent like scouts to Shakhtar and stuff, and the idea was that he was going to be Fernandinho's replacement or something, even though he's not a defensive midfielder. But that was the. Oh, that was that was a good get-out-of-jail-card-for-you. Yeah, well, and, and then they gave up their interest. And then my theory is that United went, oh, well, City was sort of in for him, so he must be all right. Let's go sign him. Uh, oh, God, no. Honestly, <laughs> it, would, it would not have surprised me. It would not have surprised me, right, if if all, all the City scouts were sitting around and it was just Ed Woodward behind a newspaper just looking over yeah. at the back like... Who are they speaking to? Yeah. But then City realise what they're doing. So they feed like shit. It's like, we're interested in Harry Maguire. Yeah. Oh, Fred. Oh, Alexis Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my oh, theory. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise, wouldn't surprise me. So we've established United aren't challenging next season, but they might do in the future. So just very briefly on next season, who, if anyone, will... Or, or, or even if like not actually who's got the best chance let's assume that they all have decent transfer windows they all say you know three or four good yeah. players w- which club do you reckon is would be in the best Ooh. place to properly challenge City again assuming City will challenge Ooh. but I'm assuming they it's, will uh, it's very tough it's just I'm just trying to think of who would be even close mm. you'd have to off on paper you'd have to say Arsenal like there's not I don't think there's anyone else like Liverpool potentially but yes, if they sort again, themselves they're, out, they're replacing people, they're replacing players, and they're bringing in young players, which is great. But I, I think they come into a position where their defense is going to be an issue again, mm. because Robertson wasn't great. Trent's a liability defensively. Van Dijk's been a bit, even a even for Holland, he's mm, shaky, iffy. Yeah, and then Canate, okay, he's one for the future as well, but. That could be their issue again, is defensively. So 
That that's a strange one. Tottenham, no. I just want to be clever. Um Chelsea, you just don't know. Chelsea, you just free, they're just gonna throw eleven players on the pitch and just hope for the best. They, I think they've got the right manager for them. A young manager who wants to play modern football. And if it if it hits the ground running, there's no reason why not they can't challenge. But it's hard to call when you've got so many new players. Yeah. So I'd have to say Arsenal out of everyone. Yeah, that that that's if fair. Um, I I think that assuming again assuming transfer windows go well, I think that Liverpool are probably in the best position if they sort themselves out because I think Klopp is the best manager of, of yeah. anyone who's not there. Um, I think that look, this was a really bad season for Liverpool, but like they're worse than seven years. In fairness. They're only four points off top four, I think. And so, yeah, the second half of the season was much better. Yeah, and a lot of those yeah. players were playing below the level that we know they are capable of. Um, also, I think Nunez will be better next year. It was his first season. They do need two centre-backs, I think, just for depth and also, just, yeah. you know, Van Dyke. you know, less said the better. Um, they, we know the central midfield issue. They've signed McAllister, very good signing. Need, yeah. Probably need another two. Uh, central yeah. players there uh, so yeah so they are if if they get those three four five good players in i think they'll be in the best position because klopp is the yeah. best manager they've got experience of winning the league before experience of challenging city before so that for me is probably maybe the safest bet but as i say totally depends on the transfer window and yeah. what happens I mean, if arsenal because if arsenal get their you know get rice in and get other players that they're interested in there's no reason why they won't be yeah, around either for sure so yeah absolutely Absolutely. Uh, let's just uh, go to Nob Gas now, Gasky, shall we? And answer the yeah. remaining uh, viewer questions, which we didn't already cover. So just on the United transfer window, Pim, who is a United fan, says, opinions on my realistic window. Uh, Matt's Viper for 20 mil. Don't know who he is. You have to tell me who he is, Gasky. Uh, young midfielder at Feyenoord from okay. what I know. Uh, Costa, we've talked about, uh, for 65 million. Yeah. Ramos, who I believe is the Benfica forward. Yeah, it's him or, it's him or that Hoyland, I would say. But I'd probably say... I'd probably say Ramos is, I would say he's a safer bet. He's got more that first team experience sure. than Hoyland and obviously international experience as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe safer bet, but yeah. I, I take either or. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's Ramos 70 mil and a mount 55 yeah. million. So what are your so what are your thoughts on that win- I'd, window? I See, I would be happy with that. I wouldn't be ecstatic about it, but I'd be happy with it. But also based on the outgoings, the outgoings are more important because yes. if you've got outgoings that are just, again, just... Stagnating <laughs> there, and they're just you know, it's like, no, get rid of them because then they end up playing and it ends up throwing everything all over the place. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's what needs to be more of, yeah, for sure. Uh, Kante asks if Pep and Ten Hag were sacked, who would you like to uh, replace them? So, Gasky, well, I don't know, let's just say he's sacked or let's um, say he gets bored, you know, I want to be grows hair and realizes he's not a bald fraud anymore, he can't he do this. Cool, he wants to go a male model, yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, oh, that's, that's a tough one off the top of my head. Yeah, but yeah, but technically Pep will be available. <laughs> um, uh, let's say not Pep then, because that's he wouldn't just... he wouldn't betray City and go to United. Hey, hey if they've got a Qatar in charge, <laughs> bit, of, bit of money. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know. To be honest, Graham, Pot- um, Graham Potter's available. Hmm, Gary no. O'Neill is available. Big Gaz, mm. yeah, big Gaz. I'd, I'd, I'd like to give. I'd like to see Tajerbi a chance. Oh, that's a good answer. That's probably yeah. that's probably my answer. I'd like to give him a give him a give him a cheeky go. Mm-hmm. It's, it's difficult to call because there's a lot of. 
I don't know, like a lot of the big managers just move around now. Do you don't know, like what is it? Luis Enrique's going to PSG now, and it's oh, yeah, just that's like. Hot. Yeah, I just is a lot of it's where like I don't I think we're going into this new era of managers now, aren't we? Where it's these young ones that no one's heard of. Like this new Bournemouth manager could be amazing. He could be a Chichirbi and they could go mental. Yeah. We don't know, but I think we're in that period now where we just got to sit and wait now to see what these new crop are going to bring in. That's good though, isn't it? Because it was only yeah. like sort of like five years ago where it was this non-stop merry-go-round of really shit like British managers. It was like Mark Hughes. Alan Pardew, Sam Allardyce, um, uh, Steve Bruce. It was like like your teams, your teams in the bottom five or six would just go, oh, we're struggling. Stack in, bring Steve Bruce in. Stack in, bring Sam Allardyce in. Whereas, you know, okay, right. Bournemouth sacking Gary O'Neill is stupid. I think it's really stupid. But at least they've got a bit of, we don't want to fight for relegation. We want to push up the table. Let's bring in a young, a young manager, foreign manager who could give us a new style of play. Why not? Yeah, Why not give I, it a go? I like it. I think it's much, yeah. And now we're getting, you know, the likes of Thomas Frank and Graham Potter exactly. and, and Eddie Howe coming up, as I say, rather than these dinosaurs. Um, yeah, exactly. They're actually, they're actually going for future managers. Ian not Holloway. Going, but, yeah, let's go and pull in. A, pull, yeah, Ian Holloway the farmer. Pull him in. <laughs> uh, God knows. Yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, who, who I'd, I'd like to re- replace Pep, um, depends on what happens with, with Burnley. Vincent Company would be the dream. If he's, if he's good if he's enough, a good manager. exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If he is good enough, you know, obviously he's already got a statue, then that would be it, it just well, the fairy tale. Watching, because well, obviously United played Burnley last season, and what was interesting to see is he's getting them, um, he's getting a Championship side to play that way out from the back, but you could tell there was so many errors in it because they're not good enough players. So yeah. he has the potential to be able to pull it off with yeah. better players. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and that's exciting to me. So yeah, in an ideal world, if company is good enough, company, um, I still, I, I know he's obviously at, at Arsenal now, but I still would love Arteta at City. I think he would win win, the, win a title with us. Um, De, uh, Deserby, as uh, Gasky has said, um, and I still stick behind. I, I still stick with Graham Potter as an option as well. I think he'd also be really good. But... Where do you think? Where do you think he could go next? Very difficult one. Yeah, I, I thought. I thought Spurs may have been I, I a good option, still, but yeah, I'm, I'm thinking England. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where he goes I, to. I'd in... like it. I'd like him in England, but obviously Southgate's got this at least until next year. Oh, I sorry, the, the England job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah again, that in terms of club clubs, I mean, maybe he goes abroad again. Like he's got experience managing yeah. abroad. Abroad. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know, but I, I'm sure while he, wait, while he waits for that England job. Yeah. That comes it, up. Yeah. Take that. He he will be back, and he will rebuild his reputation that Chelsea tried to destroy. Uh, and then uh, DR, this is actually a question last last week from DR. Um, DR asks, uh, who is a West Ham fan? Thoughts on West Ham winning the conference league final? Uh, I didn't watch it, but I, actually, I tell a lie. I watched the sort of like the last five minutes. And obviously that's when it all kicked off. What are your thoughts on that, Gasky? Yeah, no, I watched, I watched, I watched a big chunk of it. West Ham um, European, was, European was trophy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was our first trophy in 40 odd years for them as well. Right. something it's impressive i mean to to have a it was one of those seasons for west ham where it was you're having a really bad seat like a very very bad season for the quality of squad and and they just they hit the ground running when they needed to and especially when they had a uh a cup run as well mm-hmm. before they were in the final and they pushed on and hit the form when they needed it but now next season europa league tougher games and you know, you're going to want to push against Brighton and Villa next season for 
getting some European places. Probably, so. probably no Declan Rice as well. Yeah, I think, I think apparently they want Paulinho to replace him, which would be perfect, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good so. show. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just obviously like a lovely moment for the fans. Like, as you say, it's been a while since they've won like anything in Europe or won a trophy in general. Yeah. And that's probably, even though I don't watch the Conference League, that's why it's a good competition because it gives teams like that so, hope. Yeah, p- people criticise and say it's, it's stupid. You know, you should want to go and play for the, against the best teams. But yeah, but it gives every every team, because but like for example, next season, eight, eight English teams get a chance to play abroad. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Yeah. And I mean, it gives some value to like, you know, the seventh place thing. Like, you know, th- there's no reason why like Crystal Palace, for example, can't finish seventh. When was the last time they <laughs> oh, were in then- Europe? Exactly. Like I would say, I would say most teams. I would say bar four. There's no reason why they're not going to finish in European spots. Otherwise, if you only had Champions League football, any every other team would just be like, "What's the point?" No chance we're going to be able to compete with the big boys. So, yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. Um, we might talk about it in a future podcast, Gask, but I sort of like the idea of having like a playoff for that last Champions League spot. You know, where like yeah, the top yeah. top three are guaranteed. But then, like the stuff, like four through fourth seven against fit, four through oh, like a well, like a semi final to final type thing. Yeah, and that might be fun. And and even the loser still gets like conference yeah. league. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a good idea. I mean, there's obviously a few, obviously a few cons to that. Like for example, gap, gap would be a bit crazy. Like like it's like with the um, was it the the League One playoff where Sheffield Wednesday didn't get promoted by a point, and they were like twenty points clear of Peterborough. And almost got knocked out against them yeah. from one bad game. You know, it, it'd be crazy with that type. But yeah, I mean, it'd be it would be interesting. Yeah, might be fun. I don't know. Uh, maybe not. Uh, but guys, that was the podcast. If you enjoyed it, then please click follow. Make sure you are following the Knobcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. You're always updated for uh, whenever we release a new one. We release this every single week for your listening pleasure. Uh, Gasket, I've got a song that I've written uh, about you. Would you like oh. to hear it? Oh, oh, here we go. I'm scared. Don't have We're to. You don't have to hear it. <laughs> nope. Go on. Gasky, I don't have any friends. I'm Gasky. My nickname's You Bellend. Is Gasky. My club is fucking shite. Is Gasky. Nobbins is dynamite. What what concerns me the most is you've somehow gone. I'm not. I struggle for time. I'm a busy guy. But you've somehow found two minutes to write that. <laughs> what, what do you think about my song? You, you you wouldn't get into the judges' houses with that. I'm afraid. Yeah, but did you like the song? No, I didn't like the song at all. <laughs> all right, well, I'm going to win the podcast now. Then I'm upset. We're we're, we're going <laughs> to we're going to talk about this off screen. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, guys. Oh, brilliant.